Yes, sir, we promised you a great man right here tonight. Nick Andre! The Giants! WrestleMania! Hulkamania is running last! My God, Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast on an, a soaking wet Hurricane Elsa-influenced uh, Friday in on the East Coast. I am former and forever 24-7 champion Peter Rosenberg, and joining me from, I'm guessing, the also-rainy and dark Philadelphia is the physically strong Stack Guy Greg. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, Philly is not rainy or dark yet. Um, oh, you, oh, you didn't catch it at all. We caught a little bit, it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't to the levels of what I'm hearing is happening in New York City. Wow. Yeah. No. It's been a. It's been a wacky day or two. Nothing. Nothing like. Well, I can't say nothing insane. There have been insane things, as I'm sure many people have seen, like across social media, where like subway stations are flooded, and that's crazy. But in terms of like the weather itself. It's not absolutely crazy. It's just been, you know, dark and rainy. But certainly we hope that everyone um, who may have been closer directly to the path of the storm has been all right. Um, SGG has a busy day today. It's been a busy week. So I'm going to have SGG here for a little while. And then I'll finish it out with uh, we'll go live to Dipperland Ranch 2.0 and finish it out with Dip, who I'm told... And this is something that's very sad. I don't know who did oh, no. it. Yeah, it did not happen in our chat. I have to give credit to our chat. I actually should do that. Although probably just because no one watched. But someone did spoil Alistair Black to AEW for Dipperstein. Well, well, it's his own fault. He should have been watching live. I, I, you know, I guess at some point. at some, You know what? At some point we do have to have that conversation. Dip, Should have been watching really, live. He literally never, although I will say the West Coast thing makes the watching live ever hard. But like there are West Coast it, people who tap in and, and find a way. Dip is a resourceful man. He should he should find a way. Is he resourceful? Have you ever dealt with so. anything involving him in technology? <laughs> He's not really resourceful. I, I mean, I think he gets things done, though. He gets things done. I can say yeah. that. No, Dip gets things done in the way, like one of the best agents would have also gotten things done in 1985. Like, <laughs> Dip Dip, literally, it's phone calls. Like, if you want to do work with Dip, even me, nothing gets done over text. Now, the emails all get handled to seal up meetings, but he is a traditional, sits on the phone all day long. Now, does that mean he's incapable of using technology? No, it doesn't. However, you use the words resourceful. And I don't know. When it comes to trying to watch things, he has to have it all set up. I mean, this uh, it's amazing he even has Peacock working. And <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel like he should have a guy, though. He should have a guy who's like... He can handle... He can ha- like, yeah. Dip, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Dip should have a setup where basically he has a screen in his house and the East Coast feed of all wrestling just pops up on that screen. Yeah, can't can't That's be hard that, for him to get a guy to, to set that up. Yeah, just a, one simple satellite screen that runs exclusively East Coast Live Wrestling. So that that I'm guessing SGG was going to be one of the news items you were going to get to here. Um, no, I was going to actually save that for Dip, but the the big AEW debuts and and goings ons. So I was going to try to keep it WWE so that I don't you know encroach on his territory. In other words, you didn't watch, did you? No, I didn't watch, but I did. I did hear about you know um, 
Andrade's debut match and Alistair Black debuting against Cody and things like that. It's, you know, you can't you can't avoid this stuff, but the people want to hear somebody talk passionately and positively about it. And I'm ho- I'm hoping that's dip. I'm not guaranteeing it. But I'm hoping well, I, I, I watched this week. It was my first nearly complete AEW Dynamite in quite a while. So, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get into that with Dip. But I would recommend you check it out because seeing their live crowd in Miami that they had for the show this week was – it should be inspiring. It should be inspiring. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, too, um, with everybody getting crowds back, it's a jolt in the arm. Um, as long as the crowd's – aren't being complete jack wagons it's a jolt in the arm but but especially with AEW too that live crowd is as big an asset as their roster at this point so i i do believe that with the live crowd there it just felt like an amazing episode of dynamite it it was you you should you should throw it on you should throw it on it's a very it's a very feisty you know intense and super passionate crowd that they have right now so I really um, I'm excited to see what happens in, next week. I mean, we're one week away as we record this. We are one week away from SmackDown in front of a crowd in Houston, and I will be in the building to observe, to participate, and to report back to you the Cheap Heat universe. So, what do you have, SGG from? The other side of things, or anything outside the ring, for that matter. Yeah, outside the ring, um, there's a bit of news. Uh, the first, I'm just going to get the bad news out of the way. Uh, Jimmy Uso was arrested again with uh, another DUI um, this past week. It's alleged that he was speeding, and when he was pulled over, the, the arresting officers smelled alcohol on his breath. They claimed that he failed a field sobriety test, and that's when he took him in. And this and, was took this took place on Monday. And do we know what he blew? Yeah, they're alleging that his blood alcohol level um, after taking a breathalyzer was point two zero five. SUG, have you uh, represented anyone in this kind of case before? I have not. Really, you've not had a DUI. You don't do DUIs. No, I have not. <clears throat> Although honestly, though, if if I did, though, I would. Then this is not legal advice. This is just what I think I would do in this type of case. Is I would just try to challenge the field sobriety tests, challenge that breathalyzer, challenge everything. I'm um, I'm assuming that's how he because he was arrested prior with the DUI and got and, off. Um, yeah, he got found not guilty, and I'm assuming that that's what happened. That they just attacked the evidence because no evidence, there's no case. So that's what I would do. Yeah, that's oh. probably the um, that's probably what you what you do in these situations, but um, I do believe that that is a very high number. Yes, the legal limit is point zero eight. I believe. So this is so this it's is almost more three times. Dub- <laughs> yeah, more than double, close to three, close to triple. Um, listen, this is, this is a super uncomfortable thing. It's all alleged. We don't know. I'll just say. Um, if this is true, and if this is in fact, wouldn't it be number four? I believe so, yes. I I just hope someone is able to, you know, pull him aside and help him get the help that he needs. Because at this point, you know, honestly, let's be real. After one, like, you're obviously someone who needs some help. After one. Like if if there were to be a second one, right? Like, and and by the way, often the people who get one are people who are in need of help. There are a lot of people who never get one and are in need of help. There are a lot of people who get one and then are like, "Wow, this is impacting my life. I need to take a look in the mirror here." Um, but SGG, it seems to me that anyone who's up in this number of them and is not living at this point. Um, their best attempt at a sober lifestyle, my, my guess is you're someone who's really in need of help. And it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's really sad. It really bums me out, man. And I don't know. It got me to thinking about our interview with Roman last week. Like, did you notice the part when we talked to him about 
the twin life that you brought up. Mm-hmm. How he talked about how, like, he had wanted to be a twin. But then, like, when he saw everything it entailed, he was kind of like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. He's. And, I remember him saying, like, he's he's glad to be a one of one. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It. I thought... I thought there was. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. So, um, I really. And he has really, a good perspective on that too, because there's a. It's not just Jimmy and Jay. There are a lot of twins in that family. Well, didn't Roman say he personally has two sets? Yeah, and then um, Rikishi is a twin. I think Rikishi and the Tonga Kid are twins. So like, t- twins are all over that that family. So. Um, <sighs> I really feel bad about this, man. This is the biggest moment, potentially, of, of Jimmy's career so far. Yeah. Um, so I really hope he figures it out, man. Um, and I guess we don't know what's going on um, with the WWE side of it? No, WWE has not said anything. Um, I guess people will find out tonight. If, you know, the speculation is going to be what it is. You know, if Jimmy shows up, people are going to speculate that they didn't do anything. If if he doesn't show up, they're going to speculate that he's being punished. Um, they haven't said anything, but people will have their fodder for speculation, I guess, tonight um, when SmackDown goes off the air. We still won't know anything because <laughs> they wouldn't have said anything. But people will, you know, try to fill in their own blanks a little bit better tonight. Yeah, well, we certainly send the best out to uh, Jimmy Uso specifically and the Usos in yes. general. I hope everyone uh, figures out a way to get a handle around this. And that's all we'll say about it till we till we know more down the line. Yeah. And then on to some, some more fun news. Do you want to get the other sad news out of the way? What's the other sad? Oh, my gosh. I, I completely forgot about this one, too. Terry Funk. Um we found out this week that Terry Funk is in an assisted living facility um, and is living with dementia. Yeah. And that, that one is very sad news. Yeah. That one bummed me out, man. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the great wrestling minds of all time. One of the really great, you know, personalities too yeah and it's crazy too we tried to pin down his age terry funk could be uh, if somebody told you terry funk was 100 years old you would believe it based on just everything that he's done you know what i mean he's just been everywhere he's 76 right um and i listen him making it 76 years is pretty amazing when you think about this um but at the same and so you want to go like well he's had a hell of a run and that's great but going out this way um assuming you know that this is just going to be a growing dementia situation no matter how long your run was it's such a cruel ending you know yeah um there's actually an episode of the daily this week about some developments that are being made in terms of alzheimer's medication potentially but this is just something that we have science has not figured out. So, we send our best, all the love to Terry Funk, man. I, I, if you're if you're not a Terry Funk fan, if you don't enjoy Terry Funk's work, yeah, you're you're not a wrestling fan. You're, you're just I not. mean, for real, because he he comes through in every era, whatever era of wrestling you mess with, Terry Funk has something for you. And especially like if if you're a fan of like the hardcore extreme style, guess what? Terry should definitely be your guy. Well, he invented it. Yeah, he is. He is definitely like either the founding father or one of the forefathers. So he should be your guy for sure. So you have him with the classic NWA, everything all over the place, but Florida specifically. You yep. have you have uh, obviously WCW. You have, I mean, every every region there was, every territory there was, he was part of. But then nationally, major runs with every, with WCW, with WWF, or, you know, in the mid-80s. He bounced back to all of them throughout all the years. 
yep. was a key, key figure in ECW truly cementing itself on the national landscape. Then goes back to WWE as the late runs as Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, he did it all. He absolutely did it all. He's He is someone who probably doesn't get thrown around with the term goat enough. He's probably someone who belongs on more Mount Rushmore's. Um, but he was never the number one star necessarily in any promotion. You know, maybe maybe in Texas where he's from, but, you know, in terms of nationally, he, he wasn't ever the guy on TV. But, yeah, I mean, Bear feels strongly too. Yeah. Give Terry Rightfully Funk flowers. So. Um, but that's the thing too. He never needed to be like, he showed up and was a big deal no matter what. Even when he popped up as Chainsaw Charlie, it wasn't like, okay, this old man need to sit down somewhere. It was like, I promise problems for whoever has to come across Chase or Charlie. Yeah, no, nah, man. We just send the, all the love in the world out to Terry Funk. I wish I'd gotten to spend time around him. For all the people I've been around and time I've spent around wrestling, I've really, that I recall, never spent time around Terry Funk. Um, that's one bad mother funker. Uh, we, love, we love Terry Funk. So what was the happy news, SGG? Smackdown and Rolling Loud coming together. Um, not next week. They're going to be in Houston, like you said. But the week after, two weeks from tonight, um, during a split broadcast between Cleveland and Miami, um, Rolling Loud is going to get two matches. And from that, we know what the matches are yet? Smackdown. We do not. We do, I, I assume that the pay per view is going to have some hand in determining what those matches are. Because there is a Money in the Bank briefcase to be to be determined um, right in between that first show back and then this this Rolling Loud Smackdown collab. So Right. So the question is, is someone going to bring the briefcase to Rolling Loud? Yes. And, and is Randy Orton going to attack Soldier Boy? I mean, yo, Soldier Boy is lucky that Randy works Mondays. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, you know what I mean? Although, you know, these days, who knows? I, I just saw the SmackDown that was in. Tickets are on sale right now for SmackDown at the Garden. And I see that, you know, they're going to be Raw superstars on that show. Oh, wow. That's right. So who knows, SGG? Yeah. <laughs> so, Soldier, better watch out. What other things could happen at Rolling Loud? Like we could probably that, get something with Cardi that would lead into a SummerSlam something or other. Ooh. This is going to be very interesting. I mean, if they're, if they're smart, you know, they would do the, they would do a, a Peter Rosenberg birthday bash celebration live from Rolling Loud featuring SmackDown superstars. If they're I mean, smart. Listen. I mean, listen. I mean, listen, no one said a word to me. I didn't know about this event, and I'm pretty cool with uh, uh, my man Tarek, who runs the whole operation. Maybe maybe it'll be a surprise. Maybe there will be cake. Uh, that would be nice. That's by, the way, by, the way, by the way, this is uh, we just talked about this earlier, SGG. Dipperstein's level of tech. Do you see what he just texted us? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. Well, should I just so dip just so dip just said, "Where is the link?" First text. Where is the link? Next text. Send me the link. Watch this response, well, SGG. But also, also, was it the plan for him to do just do later? Did you see what I responded? I, I did. I did. I responded, what link? <laughs> to which he responded to the podcast. I wrote, what podcast? He said, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, we have to just slow. Sometimes you just got to slow dip down just a little bit. What What did you just weigh in? I just put a question mark. Like, what, what's happening here? Okay. 
right. Okay, so we'll 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 get to that. But yeah, the Rolling Loud thing should be interesting. I'm sure Dipperstein has thoughts on this. You know, um, who he'd like to see, you know, beaten up, etc. I mean, I feel like they definitely have to be smart about who they send where too, right? Because like, I feel like Street Profits need to be at Rolling Loud. Sorry, that's Cleveland. A, that, that's an interesting. Street Profits need to be at Rolling Loud. That's an interesting Lord I, uh, uh, prospect I didn't even think about. And uh, and now, joining us, he's the only one on video. <laughs> I, you know what? You should be on video. I, I think it's good that you be there by yourself. Um, all the way from Dipperland Ranch 2.0. Dipperstein, we were just talking about uh, SmackDown and Rolling Loud. What are your thoughts? You weren't talking about uh, Alkaline Black or whatever they're calling him? No, isn't it Mordecai? Mal- Malachi. Malachi. It's Mordecai. It's Mordecai. <laughs> Mordecai I, thought Black. Not, I thought it was Mordecai. I was dip. I was just being 100% serious when I said Mordecai Black. It's Mordecai. It's, no, it's Queen Esther Black. Oh, it could be uh, Haman, Haman Black. <laughs> no, it's, it's Ahasuerus Black. It could be Ahasuerus Black. That's true. We're do- By the way, we- these are all the Purim names. Um, and no, uh, SGG did not watch the episode. He was going to give you the room to, to do the big Alistair Black talk. Well, we're but doing we- it right now. But <laughs> yeah. we, ended up, we, en- we ended up just saying, you have to hire a guy. SGG believes that you, you should hire a guy who builds a TV in your, maybe in your big man cave room. I see. That uh-huh. the, the, the only thing on the TV is the East Coast stream of wrestling. Huh. How, however, <laughs> it needs to be done. However, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you're going to get it done, but Dip you knows, hire a guy. Dip knows people and, though. Dip, right. Dip is a person who knows people. He should be able to get it done. And you, because because it, because SGG did make a good point. I, I I was expressing my sympathy and my empathy that you had this of all things spoiled. It was and that it, it wasn't spoiled by Andrew Goldstein this time. It was spoiled I, by V. Clark Duke. In a, is he what, also in on the West Coast? Star of stage and screen. And and what did he just text message you? Yeah, literally, Alistair Black on AEW. I'm like. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> I'm like, God. dude, I love you, but this is not good. So, uh, honest, honest question: Did you did you consider ending the friendship? At that point? I mean, that I, I can't. It's, I can't. It's it's now a business friendship. So I love him, but uh, you know, it's this. I, this you know, is that is. Hold on. He did, did he say sorry? No, I got an LOL. Oh <laughs> he knows what my. he did. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Clark is a, is a big mark. And so, you know, it, it's like, I don't think he realized, like, he's above spoilers. Like, that's, that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's one of those. Well, that, he's by like the way, a shoemaker who's like, he like wants it spoiled immediately so that he can start talking about it with people. He doesn't like want to see it surprised. Like, I'm, I'm like a different yeah, like kind of mark where the only thing I care about is being surprised. Right. Well, so you're like, a fan. No, you're you're a fan, fan, fan. He's right. I'm, like I'm, a, I'm, right. You're saying he's like a dirt sheet reading every spoiler he can get. Give it all to me, lunatic. Like I only watch when something good happens, and the rest I read online. Type of guy. You know. Right. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> That's what SGG yeah. is like about AEW. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so um, you know, uh, King Heyman, Ahasuerus, Alkaline Black. Uh, started this week on AEW and he kicked a, a, a clearly like heavier looking Cody Rhodes who clearly has not been in the gym in a few weeks. Uh, well, really? Is that what you, I didn't, I didn't even notice. I was, I, I don't I, know. Arne, I, I don't know. He like sometimes Arne like, Anderson, Arn Anderson is heavy. I, I didn't notice that Cody was heavy. Arn Anderson took a great kick to the face. It was pretty good. It was pretty I good. would, you know, I, I would love Ahasuerus uh, black to kick me in the face. At some point, oh. <laughs> he it, really looks more. He looks more like a Heyman. If you really, I, you can't use the name Heyman in wrestling, though. Right, but it's different. Heyman was spelled H A Y M A N, I believe. Heyman. That's right. Oh no, no, H A M A N. H A M A N was Heyman. H A M A N. I think. 
Can I can I make a prediction? I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to can consult. Make... Uh... Yeah, I'll make a prediction. It, it wasn't originally written in English. <laughs> yes, that's probably true. <laughs> anyway, I was just you know that... like sometimes. Most of the time, Cody looks amazing, but uh, I don't know. Like, did he have to involve himself with with uh, with with Heyman Black immediately? Yes. Like. To give someone else the chance to to get kicked in the face by uh, well he he, he already by, can't by compete guy, for the by, world uh, title so how else black. is he supposed to be the center of attention? Well, and and also how do you who, think they came up with Malachi? I don't know, but but here's my question for what you just said. You if you want to make Alistair showing up be a big big deal, then you got to put him in with one of the big big guys, and MJF and Jericho are together. Um, everyone has something, everyone has something. And Cody to me perpetually has nothing. Cody to me, like hovers around with, in these random stories with different people, he made sense to be the yeah. guy for me. But he, here's what like could and should have happened. I don't know if they're doing this to like pay respect, like, uh, like be respectful. I, here's the thing. I haven't been watching every week, so I don't really, what am I about to say may be erroneous, but they don't really have a, a leader of dark order in a real way, except their, you know, their, their Stan relationship with hangman page. So maybe that would get in the way of this, but like, why couldn't have, uh, have Alistair been the new head of the dark order? Maybe he so, will be. Yeah. They, he might. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he will be, but, um, what did you think of Andrade? Al- what did you think of Andrade Alidolo? He never looked better. I think he, well, I mean, I mean, I'm the, it's so funny. It's like my three favorite wrestlers of the last like two years, Alistair Black, Braun Strowman and, and um, Andrade are no longer with the company. It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. two of them um, are now in AW. Andrade looked amazing. He's the best. I mean, he's one of the best living wrestlers. So I thought he looked fantastic on the show and it was nice to see him back in the ring. So um and by the way anyway. and by the way and by the way also in the, within the last week um Zelina Vega is also back in WWE so yes, I was gonna say speaking every, of Andrade I know, it's and still Malachi bizarre. you're speaking of everybody they, they, they everybody related out. everybody related to to that to that crew through Zelina is now back AW having Alistair Mordecai Black and Andrade, and now Zelina gets thrown back in to be in the money, in the women's money, in the big match. I would have loved that. I know you want to do it on TV, I guess. I it would. I wouldn't have minded her just being a straight up surprise entrant at Money in the Bank. How do you think the crowd? I think that the crowd would have been awesome. a good reception. Actually, I was going to say, how do you think they react? Definitely. I think they react well. It would. I think it would have been big. I think that. I think that you would have had a a big return a nice surprise and we need surprises as we've talked about tv you know and by the way or do it at the smackdown the first live smackdown in houston next friday are yeah. like i wouldn't have you let me tell you something i wouldn't waste anything good in these final two episodes of tv or final four episodes of tv in the thunderdome agreed i would i agreed. would see i think everything yeah, no, I, but I, I think I, it's I, just I, two, right? It's just this SmackDown and the Raw, and then after that, Thunderdome's over. Yeah, but I mean, even yes. going back the last couple of weeks, I oh, just, yeah. I would have I would have been saving. Once you're so close to it, you might as well save it for when it's time. That, that's just how I see it. But you know, and 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 dip. I was telling SGG earlier that crowd, that Miami crowd in AEW was very live, and it reminds you that this competition or whatever you want to call it. It's all going to look a lot more glaring when we have crowds there. It was, what? I mean, the crowd was crazy at AEW. Chance in every match, like they were good chance too. They weren't obnoxious. No, like, they're into it. it. They're not. That's actually the funny thing about SGG, who hates on AEW, is that SGG would really appreciate their crowd because the chance aren't to mess things up. They're actually they, they're there to play along. Yeah, I would appreciate really the crowd being strung along. What did you say, SGJ? I said, I, I don't think I'd appreciate the crowd being strung along at everything, especially like if I'm not enjoying it and then I see people trying to hype it up. Meh. But that's the exact opposite problem that I have with WWE, which is like, 
I'm enjoying things and the crowd is there like poo-pooing it. Wait, wait. So hold on. So you you hate the crowd. You don't like when the crowd is is has their own agenda and is trying to make themselves the star. Right. And you also don't like when the crowd is there cheering along with the show as with something that to. is demonstrably provably bad. Yes. But when when is when did that? What are you I'll give the, I'll give the AW crowd this though. When the pyro went up and it was trash for that uh that um death match. They did the right thing. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. But wait, was there some other time I missed when the crowd was like really into cheering something that was demonstrably bad? The Jericho Orange Cassidy um, Mimosa Mayhem match. Maybe I mean maybe they enjoyed it in person. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe. But by the way, was there even a? There was barely any crowd there. No, they had like a small crowd. Yeah, but that was the that was a COVID. I mean, people people were just excited to be out of the house. I, I just <laughs> you know what? Term- that is fair. Because that was, yeah. I think that was like early COVID, just like we need to do something. I, I think SGG, I think you I think you need to sit down with a shrink about your feelings towards wrestling crowds. The crowd of which you're a part, you hate every version of the crowd. Yeah. You're That's the only, I mean, that is, the only you person. You are the crowd. I got news for you. You hate yourself. You, no. You hate yourself. You you are the only person who, at least publicly, is not showing any excitement about the return of a crowd. The crowd, I got news for you. The crowd is everything. No, the, we we overstate the importance of the crowd because that's the only way we can participate in this glorious thing that we love. But especially the lately, the crowds the have been ruined. No, the crowd buys the tickets. They don't sell the tickets. Buy they this, buy, they the buy, they buy, okay. What they you buy know the I mean. tickets, and they and in doing that, like my said, speech, they go into business for themselves way too much, way too much. Okay, can we move on to, to relevant conversations? Here's the three things that matter on 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 WWE this week, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, Jinder okay? Mahal finally likely going to have a real storyline with Drew McIntyre in the next month. Thank God. Yeah, that that was hope, that was that was notable. my hope is that Drew McIntyre loses money in the bank. Jinder Mahal maybe cost some money in the bank, whatever the case may be, but that feud should go on now and be fun and interesting and slightly nostalgic. And like, finally, like they'll put him Drew McIntyre back in the mid card. And you have two guys who are physically imposing and are match up perfectly physically to sort of have like a good blood feud that could be like in the mid card where Drew McIntyre now belongs. And well, his day. Well, uh, that is what, what are, appears. What are your thoughts? That appears like what's going to happen. However, it could be the opposite. It could just be that they have a good match and it's on Drew's way to winning money in the bank. Um, It also appears by everything that they're doing, every single time the WWE needs a superstar to be front-facing about something important, it's Drew McIntyre. You're right. He's... He's the voice of everything. So I will be shocked if that is the case because it seems like the decision that was made was Roman Reigns is the number one guy, but he's a bad guy. So Drew McIntyre is the number one front-facing person for this company. And uh, I hope you're right. I think all of us would really enjoy And by the way, screw what we would enjoy. It would just be amazing for both of those guys' career. Drew McIntyre would benefit. He would benefit from taking a secondary storyline with Jinder Mahal and giving everyone a slight break from what has been basically, uh, let's see, the Royal Rumble right before COVID. So a year and a half straight of nothing but Drew McIntyre. Or what was your next With not a lot of excitement on top of it too, honestly. It's like once he got the championship, you know, he he carried them through the pandemic, but it wasn't really compared to Bobby Lashley's run and compared to, you know, what was happening on SmackDown with their championship. Felt a little no, lackluster. Well, it did. I, I, I totally and repetitive and constantly repetitive. So that was the most New York you've ever sounded, SGG. Lackluster. Lackluster. <laughs> it was lackluster. So the second thing is I have to give, again, just mad respect to MVP for, like, still going hard in the paint 
in the ring. You know, I love him, man. He's still a I pro. Get, he's such a pro. He looks great. He's moving around very well despite the injury. He's the man. He's the man. Did uh, by the way, I haven't finished Raw yet from this week. I'm halfway through. Did he have an actual match or was he just yeah. involved? No, he was he in the wrestled. match. In a tag, or it became a solo match. Tag, tag with New Day. He was, it was in the tag against New Day. Okay, got it. Yeah, well, he pulled his weight though. He didn't like. He didn't hide. He did. He, he did. He pulled his weight. He he's he's the goat. Okay. Uh, and thirdly, it this week just reminded me what a giant misstep it is, and such a missed opportunity to have Otis be heel. And like be part of this tag team. I know they're best friends in real life. And, you know, they have this great relationship, Chad Gable, whatever. I don't hate the tag team, but like Otis should be, should have the IC title and have this great, like he should have continued to have this great baby face run post the tag team breakup. And they've just like, you know, the heavy machinery breakup and they've just like totally squandered him. They shaved his face. He just doesn't look as physically imposing anymore, and he doesn't work as a heel. It's such a mistake. He's such a great, you know, he he would have been such a great merch seller, in my opinion, as just a a dominant singles wrestler. Um, And uh, I think they just sort of have squandered whatever they they had there with Otis, and it's going to be really hard to, to creep back, you know, to have him in, you know, as a prominent figure again. All right, well, speaking speaking of creeping back, SGG has to creep out of here. He has something he has to do. SGG, take care of yourself. Uh, uh, No, no, take it easy, I should say, and enjoy yourself. I don't know, Terry Funk, take it easy, man. Yeah, we're going to close the show with that today. I'm just – and, you know, SGG, I'm just grateful, you know, for everything that you've done to your body. It's it's real to me too, P. Still still real to me, damn it. All right, bye, SGG. Later, fellas. Bye. And what? And what's the third thing? That was the third thing. Oh, that what Otis was the third thing. Yeah. Why did Otis come to your mind this week? What was it specifically? Because I'm like sick and tired of. Uh, I loved Otis when he was in heavy. I, I loved heavy machinery. And then when they broke up, I'm like, oh, Otis is gonna. You know, he won Money in the Bank. I was like, Otis is gonna have this great run. And then it was just totally squandered. He was like the one person, not the one, but like in that group of. Alistair Black, Andrade, like Montez Ford, like the next wave of stars, in my opinion, of people who really could have carried it into the next era. I felt like Otis was one of them. And I feel like there's maybe some rub that they don't see that that the him the same way. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've said it a thousand times on the show. Yeah, to me, he's the Chris Farley. Like, he could be so funny. He could just oh be God, such, such a I good character. Like probably entertains Vince, you know? Like, Vince loves that type of physical humor and stuff. And I just felt like he... He could have been one of the guys. Maybe he still will be, but uh, for right now, like he just, ugh, I just, this, this is, he's not working for me anymore. It, it, I'm, it, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it should have been so basic. It should have been the, the pitch is just, hey, Vince, you ever seen, you ever seen the uh, Tommy Boy movie or Black Sheep? And Vince would go, what the hell is that? And they'd go, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, really popular movies. Anyway, here's the deal. There were these two guys, Chris Farley, I've heard of that guy, and David Spade, no idea who the hell that is. And you go, well, here's the deal. They, they did the movies. One was the wacky, lovable, fat guy, and the other one was the annoying but fun, you know, but funny uh, skinny guy. And we copy that, and we do it with Otis and Chad Gable, and it's funny and awesome. And then over time, Chad Gable really improves Otis, and he wins, and they become this lovable tag team. And then one day, obviously, the turn would be that Chad Gable turns on Otis. Yeah. It, it's it, it like, to me, that could have worked, Dip, as one of those secondary funny things for a good year of them being like Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. It would have, by the way, uh, Otis told me in real life, real life stories of Chad Gable catching him at night sneaking to the elevator with food from the lobby in the hotel in the hotel and gable being like what are you doing man like that's their real relationship yeah 
Like, I mean, it would have been so easy. So, yeah, I, I agree. This was too soon. What a weird year for Otis when you think about it from that money in the bank business to, to where we are now. It's a strange, strange time. Um, we could um, talk about Terry Funk for a second because he is a very dear person to me. Oh, I didn't know you two were close. Very close. Very close. Uh, but now, you, you should you should know, you should know. Uh, we did this earlier, but please give give your thoughts on Terry Funk. Terry, Funk I, I, I already expressed that he's that he's actually probably really not often enough mentioned on like the Mount Rushmore potentially. Like that's how great he he is. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I would say his. Um, I'll let the listeners know his last name is actually Dipperstein, and he's my father. <laughs> oh my god yeah and you guys you guys are so similar stylistically yeah as people like the way that you carry yourselves i find you both to be very similar it's interesting because he gave me my first branding iron at a very young age um no well not a lot of people know this but when dip was bar mitzvah he got up there and they said now at the synagogue the 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 woman who was like the leader of the sisterhood or whatever she gave him a kiddush cup and then Terry Funk gave him a branding iron right That's there right. at his bar mitzvah. What a That's moment right. to get the kiddish cup and the branding iron at the same time. I, I oh. wish you were there. And I'd like to thank Zach Linder is the only person who's laughing at this moment. <laughs> okay. Um, I will tell you that the uh, it is, I think, well-documented on this podcast that one of the first events that I ever watched ever as a, as a, I mean, it was the first thing that was ever taped for me on a VHS, the first event ever was Wrestle War 89. Um, you know, with, with um, you know, Great Muda was like, I was scared of Great Muda when I was younger and he, he wrestles in the first match against Doug Gilbert. The highlight of that event was the 30 minute match between uh, the barn burner between Steamboat and Flair. And in that match, Terry Funk, uh, that's the match where Terry Funk turns on Flair and they begin their feud. Oh, yeah. And so to me, Terry Funk is meaningful in that he was, I had no idea who he was when I was three, two, three years old. I mean, I'm, I'm born in 1987. This was taped for me, 1989. I'm two years old watching wrestling. <laughs> so um, literally, I, I, you know, it's crazy to think that, but it's true. That was the first event. I still have it at, at, uh, at Dipper, at, uh, at uh, Dipperstein Towers 2.0, the BHS. It's a relic. And also taped on that tape is like, you know, old Superstars episodes and a bunch of other stuff from that era. But anyway, so um, I had no idea who he was. I thought he was just like, you know, a fan or someone turning on Flair because he, he's, he's in that tuxedo and he challenges him or whatever. And then he pile drives him on the table outside, the ring announcer's table, and that was like such a profound moment for me that I was like, that like one, it was not, one of not just you. It was one of the moments that hooked me into wrestling. Not just that wasn't just you. That was one of that was one of the most extreme moments of all time, at, at that time. Yeah, no one had ever done anything like that in a real way. So, um, cheers to Terry Funk. He's mage. Yeah, I I, abs I, I don't I don't want to bore the listeners by saying it all again, so I won't. But I I wish uh, I just he is such a lovable guy. And I also, also should say, if there is the random 10% of our audience listening, which I bet there is, a random 10% that has never watched Beyond the Mat, go stream Beyond the Mat this weekend. Um, the Terry Funk part of that movie is in a lot of ways the most boring um, because he's such a normal guy. Like you're seeing Jake the Snake, who's uh, just an absolute maniac at the time. You're seeing Mick Foley, who's got the match with The Rock, and it's crazy. The Terry Funk part is just about an aging guy who, who is struggling to let go and has all these injuries. Oh, my God, and dip. Do you remember the Terry Funk part well from Beyond the Mat? I do. I, I recently watched it, like, okay. two months ago. So do you, the, the, the amazing part. I mean, I, I, you want to talk about things that mean something to you, Dip? Maybe one of the most meaningful things I have ever watched in wrestling and we should get Barry Blaustein on, who made the movie, who I was supposed to get on I would love to. around, around uh, I was supposed to have him on 
You should meet up with him, by the way. <laughs> he listens to the show. He lives I, I thought about that when I saw it. I thought about that when I saw it. I'm like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And by the way, I wonder if you and I are going to think of I wonder if you're going to mention the same Terry Funk moment oh, in the movie that, oh, that was profound to me. I, I, probably at this point, it has to be. But the Terry Funk moment around the guy in his town who desperately wants to be a part yes. of the match. Yes, <laughs> yes it that's is, it. it. It is legitimately, if you love wrestling, oh. it encapsulates wrestling as well as anything i've ever seen done on it ever in history never had had a moment i've never had a moment to even talk about it until right now but when you're watching that movie and there is this guy who desperately wants to be a part of the farewell terry funk show in, in amarillo he desperately wants to be a part of it it is i we got to talk to blaustein about how he figured out that this guy would be such a great storyline in it he catches Terry Funk and starts talking to him, and he's like, Terry blew me off, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, Terry, this mensch that he is, this mensch of a man that he is, just lets this kind of lovable loser in wrestling who lives in the town, he has him referee the match between him and Bret Hart. I know. It's, un- it's unbelievable. It's, it's truly it's, unbelievable. It's profound. Truly. I, I, that, that's, that's the greatest moment in the movie, in my opinion. It's, it's so true. It is the entire, that movie has so many things and Terry's part kind of follows this even very boring is a strong word, but just a sort of like calm pace. And, and, but this part is so touching. It's so deep about how much people love this business. This guy who never got to do anything having that moment. No, he was a former wrestler, I believe. No, no, he was, but I mean, he never got to, he was a local guy. He never had his day. He never had his day. And he just he just wanted to be on the card. And so you just couldn't believe that Terry didn't allow him to even have like one of the opening matches. And he's like, this guy's on the card. This guy's on the card. And when Terry just casually is like, you want to ref the main event? And he's like, do I want to do I want to ref the main event? There's nothing. I would miss anything to ref the main event. It's it's the it is. Oh, I'm getting choked up. You got to watch it. You got it. It is an, an unbelievable moment. And I love that we both think we both share that because that I didn't think you were going to say that moment. Yeah. That, this is a touching moment. This wasn't yeah. a moment you can't afford to miss. Um, <laughs> I actually, speaking of moments I can't afford to miss quite literally, that would be my $300 therapist who I need to call in about 30 seconds. Um, okay. But uh, uh, next week dip is a big week. Um, Miss Hatton and I are heading to Houston first thing Friday morning. To go she's to SmackDown. Oh, by the way, she's a great guy. Now, should we before we close the show? And I know I'm so overdue on emails. There's a lot we haven't done. SGG had to rush. We didn't get through Shag Gaspard Black Power Rankings. So much happening in the world as we get ready for Money in the Bank. But we probably the most important thing is that Dip and I share with you an idea that I had last weekend that is very important for the Cheap Heat universe to know. For some reason, I know the reason. I know the reason. I was watching Independence Day because I watch it every year and I'm obsessed with Independence Day. And this year was 25 years. And I believe it's the greatest action disaster film of all time. And I was watching the movie and I I obviously just kept saying to Natalie, you know, Will Smith would come on. I think he's a great guy. And, you know, I was pointing out the people who were great guys and who were not great guys. And then I said to Natalie, I went, you know what? You can describe every movie ever made just based around who's a great guy. And so that became a new game that I would like to introduce to the Cheap Heat universe. Feel free to send your emails to RosenbergBeats at gmail.com or tweet them at Rosenberg Radio. Let us know. Describing an entire movie just around great guy. And Dipperstein, I'll let you give the audience the first one because it's perfection. They will understand it. And then we can all participate as the years go on. Um, so, you know, he, he, uh, Rosenberg sent me a couple of them and I, uh, you know, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna one up you. Yeah. He said, he said, give me a few. I, I gave him very casual. I gave him like, Hey, the planet's in trouble. Aliens have attacked. There's a 15 mile, um, spaceship above Manhattan and Washington. Will Smith shows up. It turns out he's a guru guy. And that's basically the entire description, but dip takes it to the next level, please. And I wrote 
Some naive girl with a dog gets caught up in a tornado, ends up in a town with a bunch of lunatics. Only way to get home is to ask some old, powerful white dude. Finally finds him behind the curtain. Turns out he's a great guy. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So currently Dipperstein has the title for his great guy of Oz. That's the new name of the movie, by the way. The great guy of us. So, or just the guy behind the curtain is a great guy. So whichever you want to send over, please do. Uh, are you? Where are you watching Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier? Um, got some family in town this week, so I'll probably watch it on my couch. Oh, like, uh, like, like uh, you'll just probably, oh, maybe I'll uh, FaceTime you. Well, I'll, uh, I have a show tomorrow in New York. Saturday, I have supply and demand. And uh, by the way, check my Instagram if anyone out there wants to go. So I'm probably going to get back and just like have to throw it on myself. Let me tell you the real quick. The only storyline in this last match between the two of them is that Dustin Poirier is a great guy. I know. Well, but you know what else the storyline is? It's yeah. that the new version of Conor McGregor is a great guy. Right, right. That's, that's the other one. I'm sorry. There, you know what? It's great guy versus great guy on Saturday. Exactly. It's 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 longtime great guy against new great guy. That's what's that's happening. Right. It's a I battle know. of great guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and and, and the, the real storyline for me is is you know is just that if Connor loses again, if he decisively loses again, there's something going on. That there's something going. Yeah, on. Yeah, there's definitely something going on, but. He's he'll such a name that it's no, if he'll, he he'll, wants to it's fight insane. again. No, it's insane how big his name is. It's it's different than everything else. He is he Conor McGregor is essentially the Mike Tyson of UFC. He moves the needle to such a crazy degree that you're right. But dip at some point, you can't keep losing. You just can't keep losing. At some point, Honestly, it, 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 it. I know. Honestly, though, tomorrow night, my guy Sean O'Malley, he's he's one of my guys. He is fighting tomorrow night again Who for, does the, he have? for the second time this year. He fought, he fought uh, in March at the end of March. Um, and he's fighting again. I'm very excited. I'm a, I'm, Who's he's he fighting? a great guy and I'm a is big it so, Is he fighting a great guy? I don't even know the guy who he's fighting to be honest with you. Oh, well, Sean O'Malley sounds like a great guy. Uh, yeah. I got to go to therapy, but Dip, do me a favor and take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Stay mage too. Next question, Jeff, where are you? Right there. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it! I mean, thank you. Thank you, guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Funk, for saying what needed to be said. I don't want to see it. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the at this time, I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the Majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M -m 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 Mitch. <laughs>